Today, because of social media, we can instantly share our lives. We can laugh at funny posts, find interesting people to follow, and meet other people that like the same things we do. But what do we do when likes and follows are not enough? When scrolling doesn't satisfy? Sometimes we can have connected accounts and disconnected lives. So instead of scrolling, working, or shopping more, reach out and reconnect. Find a friend and be a friend. Someone needs your handshake, hug, and smile. Think different. Life is better with friends. Well, today we're continuing our series entitled Think Different. Because God wants us to think different so that we can live different. Many of us, we want to change how we think, but it's really hard to change. It's really hard to make changes in our life. Why? Because although we want change, change is hard. Because change actually means loss. For you see, change means growth. It means us stepping outside of our comfort zone. And growth means pain, and pain means loss. But all of us, we need to choose change, or change will be chosen for us. We will either be in the driver's seat of life, or we will be in the back seat and allow life to lead us wherever it would go. For you see, change is either a choice or a consequence. I want to challenge us today to think different so that we can live different. But not change our thinking just for our own benefit, but so that we can pursue God. We need to allow God to give us his mind and his heart and his perspective. I want to suggest to you, I want to encourage you to think God's thoughts so that you can have the life that God intends for you. And if you are watching or you're listening right now and you sense that your life doesn't have purpose, I want to challenge that under the authority of Scripture. God has something better for you. I invite you to just lean into what he would have to say to you. Allow him to speak to your heart, to restore hope, to restore strength, to restore encouragement to you today. Allow him to change your thinking so that he can give you a new future. Today I want to talk about how we need to rethink what we think about connection. I want to invite you to think different about connection. What connection is and what it's intended to accomplish in our life. In fact, connection in the church is essential. I think all of us, we need to be connected not only to God, but also to one another. God created us for connection with him and with each other. In fact, as I've said before, the first problem in humanity was that Adam was all alone. And all the husbands know we need our wives to make it through. Adam needed someone to come alongside him. Yes, he had God walking with him in the garden, but he needed someone else to come alongside him. God created us to be connected to him and to connect to other people. And so I was thinking about what connection really means. And then I was reflecting on a trip we just took. My wife and I, we took an old school road trip to go see the Grand Canyon and our kids came with us and they didn't even know what an old school OG road trip was all about. If you've ever been on that trip, it's about 15 hours to get from here to there and all you know is that between here and there is a whole lot of desert and a bunch of small towns. But the one thing that's constant on that trip is no cell service. 
and my kids were wigging out because they had no Wi-Fi. They were having an existential crisis. They were going through Wi-Fi withdrawal. They were on a digital detox that they didn't design or select for themselves. They were stuck. They were frustrated. They had no Wi-Fi. They had no cell service. They didn't have FaceTime. They didn't have YouTube. They couldn't connect, and they were frustrated and annoyed, and they were bugging one another, and they were bugging us. And so finally we had to tell them that they needed to pay attention and just relax, and they were frustrated. And then we began to tell them about what a real road trip is all about, what our experience was, and they were mind-blown by our experience growing up. They don't even know what a real road trip is all about. For you see, when we were growing up, all we had was the flag game and road trip bingo and looking at license plates. And we couldn't buy anything at the inconvenience store because we had sandwiches and juice boxes in the cooler. And they didn't even know about the punishment of staring outside the window for hours because you got so annoyed you crossed that center line and you bugged your sibling and you got in trouble and you had to stare out. And be quiet. No, no, no. My kids had all the comforts. They had their pillows. They had their blankets. They were able to recline their seats a little bit. They were able to play games on their phones. They were able to even play Xbox. My son found a way to connect the Xbox in the vehicle. He found a way to make that happen. They had 15 DVDs, even though they said that they didn't have anything to watch. And they even, the best part was that they had DJ Danae playing early 90s and early 2000 hits off of CDs. Because we couldn't stream. They're like, what are CDs? What do you mean? You don't know what CDs are? This is how you listen to music when you can't stream. But one of the things I noticed about my kids was that they were determined. They were unrelenting. They were so focused about getting connected to Wi-Fi that every 15 minutes, it seemed, they were constantly looking at their phones to see if they had Wi-Fi signal. In fact, these are some of the conversations my wife and I overheard in the back seat from our kids. One of them said, ooh, 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 look, there's Wi-Fi. I think it's the trucker right next to us. Oh, no, we can't connect because his, his network is locked. Another moment, we passed through a small town, and they had 5G, but they only had 5G for about five minutes, and the video they were watching suddenly stopped working. And the best part was, there's another moment when I overheard them talking, and they said, how many bars do you have? Oh, I have two. Well, I have three. Well, why don't we watch the video on yours? Now, get this, three bars in Podunk, Texas doesn't work. You can't get anything on your phone. With three bars. But they were determined to connect. And they were insistent. It got me thinking. How many of us are more determined about connecting to our devices, to social media, and to Wi-Fi than we are to connect to God, to other believers, and at church? I think some of us were more determined to connect digitally than we are to connect in real life. And I think God wants us to change our thinking, to change our perspective, to invert the paradigm and say we are going to get connected because we deserve to be connected in real life, face to face, in person with one another. 
God created us to be connected to him and to each other. And I want to challenge us to say yes to the connection that God wants to provide for you. I believe that God has an ordained connection in this moment for you today. If you're open to it, if you're willing to let him change your thinking, if you're willing to have an open mind and an open heart. And yes, I know connecting is hard and I know it's going to involve you stepping outside of your comfort zone. But I believe God wants you to leave more connected than you came in. Don't leave here more disconnected than when you came in. Be willing to lean into what God has for you. In fact, I titled today's message, You Make Us Better. That's right. You make us better. God has sent you to this church and to this family because you are intended to provide something. You're intended to share your life and share your heart and share your faith with someone else. Your participation in this church makes a difference. You matter to God and you matter to us and you make us better. You belong here. You are intended to be here. God has ordained it. And I just want to invite you to get connected to one another and to God. You make us better. So at the end of our service, we're going to give you the chance to connect. We want you to lean in. We're going to have a connect moment at the end of service. So when I pray at the end, the moment is not done. God is not done after I pray because there is a moment where he's ordained for you to connect with someone else. Maybe a conversation with someone that you've seen for a couple weeks that God keeps pointing to, out to you that you need to connect. Single ladies, maybe there's that guy and he's single and you need to connect him. Maybe single guy, there's a lady in here that you need to connect to. The best place to find a mate is in church. Not at the club, not at the bar, not at school, not at the workplace. Don't, not at the workplace. <laughs> Don't date your coworkers. Doesn't work. But there's a connection that God has ordained for you. Lean in. In fact, if, if you've thought about joining a life group, this is the perfect moment to do it. Because we're going to have life group leaders here at the front. And they want to hear your story and they want to help you get connected to the perfect group. The perfect circle of friends where you can be encouraged, where you can be motivated, where you can be uh, uplifted when life gets hard. I want to invite you to lean in. Don't leave here more disconnected than you came in. And to help us understand this, I want to invite you back into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. We've been in this specific passage of scripture for the past couple weeks. And I want to invite you to lean in once again. This is how the first century believers, the first followers of Jesus, made connection a priority. And so I want to invite you to lean into what God would have to say. Open up your Bible. Open up your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. We're going to look at verse 46. Acts 2, verse 46 this is what it says. Every day they continued to meet together, say together, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This first century church, what they discovered was the power of connection. They knew that they needed to be connected. And God ordained that community to be connected because he knew that their connection in that moment was essential for the persecution that was going to come years and decades later. They needed one another. They needed to forge strong connections in one moment so that those connections could support them when life showed up. 
I think the enemy tries to get us isolated. If you ever watch those nature shows, the lions and the, the predators on the savannah are always looking for the weak, the injured, and the isolated animal. Because if they can attack that animal, they can take them out. I don't want you to get taken out by the enemy. I don't want you to get taken out by life circumstances. I want you to be connected. God intended us for us to have connected families, but he also intended for us to be connected family to family. For you see, we are a family. We're a faith family, and God wants us to be more connected. He wants us to thrive. So today I want to share with you a couple ways to think different about connection. The first way is to make church a priority. Make church a priority. Say priority. Make church a priority. That's what it says. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they went to church. Imagine that. They gathered together. They connected with one another. They leaned into relationship. Every day they met together in the temple courts. But here's my question. When you think about the word church, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it this building? Is it the little church that you passed on the way to school growing up? Is it the mass that you went to with your abuela or your mom? When you think of church, what do you think about? I want to suggest to us that many of us, we have a misconception. We think wrong about what church really is. For you see, church... It's, it, isn't a pl- it isn't a place, it's a people. Church isn't a place, it's a people. The first century believers didn't go to church, they were the church. Church isn't a place, it's a people. For you see, after 70 AD, the first century believers were severely persecuted. And they scattered. And in fact, God used that scattering to spread the gospel throughout the world. But I want to ask, even when they were scattered, were they still the church? Yes, because church isn't a place, it's a people. We use buildings to gather, but the building isn't the church. You and I, we are the church. We're intended to be the church. We're intended to live out and be the church in our community and in our family and with unbelievers. And when we're we're in the workplace, we are intended to be the church in the world. God is inviting us to become the church. But in order for us to be the church, we have to be united. Make the church a priority. And what that means is we need to be connected With one another. That's how we make church a priority. And yes, we do want you to come to church because there's something miraculous that happens when we come to church, when we gather together and we lift up the name of Jesus. Here's my definition for what church is church, people who pursue God together. There's something about coming together on a weekly basis. We want you to come because we want to encourage you. We want to motivate you. We want to give you something. We want to add value to your life. We want to tell you the good news of God's word. We want you to uplift him and magnify him through worship. We want you to connect. Don't leave here and just walk in and walk out. Make sure that you're connected. Make sure that you're growing. Make sure that you're thriving. 
In fact, one of our core values here at Westover is we are better together. I truly believe that. And I think that echoes the heart of God. For you see, when we look at the Godhead, when we look at God, he's three persons in one God, Father, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're together. They're unified. They're of the same mind and the same heart, and together they make an impact. And God intends for us to be unified the same way. You know, Jesus was the first one to mention. He was the first one to mention the church. He said, on this rock that I am the son of God, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You've heard that passage before in the book of Matthew. What's interesting is that the word that Jesus uses for church is not the temple. It's not the synagogue. It's the Greek word ekklesia, and which means a group of people who gather together and assemble together. In fact, the definition for this word is simply this. A group of people who come together out of their homes into a public gathering on a regular basis. The reason why we gather in church is so that we can lift up the name of Jesus. So that we can be encouraged by God's word. So that we can connect with one another. So that we have what we need so we can step into the week. There are challenges you're going to face this week that only God can help you with. And I believe that there's going to be something that someone says to you today to encourage you in our connect time. That's going to be exactly what you need for a challenge you face this week. And so I just want to encourage you. Would you be willing to lean in? Would you be willing to say yes to the connection that God has for you? Are you willing to make church, the family of God, a priority? The other thing I want to encourage you to do to make church a priority is never miss worship. Why? Because pain and problems disappear in God's presence. Some of us, we come late. We come late to church, and I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not. The reason why I want to encourage you to get here is because I don't want you to miss out on everything that God has for us. Many of us, we get to a sport, sporting event. We go to Spurs game early to watch them shoot around. We go to a concert or a conference early. We get to work on time, but we come to church late. And I believe God wants to change our mind. I believe he wants to help us advance and move forward. But we have to lean in and get connected. Don't miss out on what God wants to give you. I have discovered in my life that every time I'm in a worship service, there's a moment in the worship moment when God speaks to my heart and he encourages me. Sometimes it's the first song. Sometimes it's the third song. Sometimes it's in the very last moment of an altar moment. This is why we want to encourage you to not only come and make church a regular rhythm of your life, but also that you would be here the full service because we never know when God is going to give us the word and the encouragement that we need. It may be at the very beginning of the service. It may be at the very end of the service. I don't know about you, but I want to prioritize the presence of God. And I believe that if we prioritize the presence of God, he will show up and he will give us exactly what we need. And church, we need to say yes to him. We need to say yes to what he has for us. We need to lean into his presence and say, God, I want to get everything that you have. One of the things that I tell our worship team is we need to make sure to give God the full measure of worship that he deserves. We need to give him the full worship that he deserves. Why? Because when we do that, he becomes bigger than the problems that we face. 
worship is the way that we magnify God in our life. It's like a magnifying glass. When we worship God, he becomes bigger than the problems we're encountering. And I want to reassure you that God is bigger than the problems that you face. He is stronger than the difficulties that you're currently confronting. He is, he is more powerful than the disease, than the diagnosis, than the divorce, than the disappointment, than the frustration that you're facing. He knows exactly what you need. And we need to lean into his presence and say, God, I want everything. Say everything. I want everything that you would have for me. Never miss worship. Don't dip out early. Lean into what God has for you. I believe that when we prioritize God's presence, he will give us everything we need and more. Everything we need and more for what we're going to face the next week. But we need to lean in. That's why we've been telling us, telling our church, telling you guys that we need to make church a priority. Come every weekend. Be a part of this community. Lean in. This isn't a spectator sport. This is a moment where we can connect. In fact, for those of you who are new to Westover, the music portion of the service is not a concert. It's not an experience. It's an encounter with Jesus. For you see, together, the audience is him. There's only one person in the audience, and that's God. The worship team up here is not the audience. It's the Lord. And so when we lift him up, he lifts us up. Lean in. Don't miss out on worship and what he has for us. Don't let the enemy hold you back. I find that whenever God is about to provide a breakthrough in a service, it's often the hardest service to get to. You're going to face difficulties. You're going to face struggles. It's going to be hard to get to service. And God is saying, let me encourage you. Let me motivate you. Let me get you there. Mom, get to service. Bring your kids the second way to think different about connection is to join a group and find family. Look at what the end of verse 46 says. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. At West Arbor, we grow through groups. We grow through connection. We have what's called life groups. We're intended to be connected to him and to each other. We do that through groups. For you see, church is where friends become family. Now, I know some of you, when you think of family, you have a really negative perspective of family. You say, Pastor, you don't even know what my family is like. They're not in-laws. They are outlaws. And they live eight hours away, and that's way too close. In fact, it would be great if they lived in Alaska, off the grid, in the snow, like that show, Life Below Zero. Because then they couldn't call me or text me or drop by unexpected. For you see, in my life and in my family, absence truly does make the heart grow fonder. Many of us, we have a long idea of what family is all about. But church is a place where friends can become family. In fact, I found this online. It says that family, at its best, provides emotional support, warmth, love, and connection. God intends for us to be connected to one another. Don't miss out. Because they did life together, because they ate in homes and shared life and shared a meal and shared faith together, their hearts were full of gladness and joy. There's some joy that only comes when we're connected to one another. God is intending for us to be unified as a family. 
But we need to decide that this is family. Someone once asked Jesus, who is family? He said, those who do the will of the Father are my mother and my brothers. You may not have been able to pick your family, but at Westover, you can pick your family. You can select who becomes family to you. And that's why at the end of this service, we're going to give you the chance to connect the different life groups and be encouraged. That's one way to get connected. Either have a conversation with someone that you're sitting right next to or connect with someone in our life group team who can get you connected to a group. And the second challenge I want to offer to you to get connected is to come to our life group tailgate party. And yes, it's going to be fun. And yes, there's going to be food trucks. And yes, there's going to be music. And yes, there's going to be laughter and encouragement. But the main reason we're doing this is so that you can be more connected. God intends for us to be connected. There's a statement I want to share with you. It's this. Life groups are a mood and a vibe. For those of you who may not understand what that means, life groups are intended to encourage our hearts and intended to give us connection, to give us a vibe of connection with one another. And at Westover, we don't want you to leave here disconnected. We want you to join a group and find family. This is our family. We are family. And family is everything. Jesus came knowing that we needed connection. And that's why he took off glory and he put on a body so that we could be connected to him. And he modeled for us what he was willing to do to be connected to us. And he's inviting us to do the same. And so as we step into this connection moment in just a moment, I want you to lean in. Don't disconnect. Parents, don't, don't go and grab your kids. Let them have a connect moment. They're about to step into a connect moment as well. We want them to be connected to one another. So while they are connecting, I'm inviting you to connect. And to all of my introverts, again, I know it's hard. But there's another introvert at this church that needs to know you. You deserve to be connected to. And so I want to pray right now that God would reassure your heart that you were created for connection. And that there is a relationship and a friendship that God wants to cultivate here in this church specifically for you. So I'm going to invite us to bow our heads. And we're going to pray. God, I pray right now that you would encourage the hearts of your people. Let them know that they were designed for friendship. They were designed for connection with you and with other believers. Lord, I know that connection is hard. I know that it means stepping outside of their comfort zone. And they may be worried, they may be concerned, but I pray, Lord, that right now you would reassure their heart. That you would let them know that it's going to be okay. That they are in the house of God, and no matter the difficulty they may have faced in previous moments to get connected, that, Lord, when they leave today, they're going to be more connected than when they came in. I pray, Lord, that you ordain right now friendships and connections that you would help them sense your love through the voice and the smile of someone else. Lord, they make us better. Now, Lord, help us make them better as well through our encouragement and through our prayer. 
Bless your people. Give them your peace right now. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen.